Third hour, Darren Donick and Chase on this Monday afternoon. We had East this time every Monday. We check in with Vince Ferrara, the sports animal, WNML in Knoxville, at Vince Sports on Twitter. Jay Gruden has been shown the door in Washington. Bill Callahan will take over as the interim. Vinny, how you doing? I'm good. I hope you guys are. My Jay, my story about me selling uh, tennis shoes to Jay Gruden at a sporting goods store in Tampa, I guess, doesn't have the same luster today as it maybe once did. <laughs> hmm. Really? <laughs> well, yeah, when he, you know, his Reno Football League mm-hmm. uh, quarterback and and then and then coach, he was at the Tampa Bay Storm and moved on to Orlando. So, yeah, he was uh, kind of a big deal in the mid-state and obviously famous bro. But uh, but yeah, one back in the day. Look at you, good story to start off. Uh, the announcement has been made. Uh, Tennessee will travel down to Tuscaloosa on October 19th and take on the Tide at 8 p.m. Central, 9 o'clock Eastern kickoff on ESPN. Wow. The Vols have dropped 12 straight to Bama. Make it 13 here in a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've seen that just coming back from the, from the uh, post game, but man. Um, yeah, that's uh, – look, I guess Nick Saban – didn't, doesn't like the noon kickoffs, so or I guess 11 a.m. Central time for them, so they gave them anything but that. Uh, yeah, anything but that. All right, let's start with the news that happened during the week. So let's get your – because we haven't talked to you since all this went down. Jeremy Banks is no longer on the team. But let's just start with the video that surfaced. Obviously, you guys were all over it. Um, just your initial thoughts on Jeremy Pruitt, how he handled it, Jeremy Banks and the arrest. Let's start there, and then we'll go to where we are today. Well, first with with Banks, just bizarre, unacceptable. Um, you know, there, there's people in the recruiting process that that defended Jeremy Banks and said he was a good kid, but just had been you know, steered in the wrong direction and and made some mistakes. And so, you know, I think this coaching staff knew that he was going to need some, some molding and maturity, maturing, things like that. But man, that what was on that video was a terrible look. And, um, you know, it looked like it was going to the path of, you know, them not just kicking him immediately to, you know, to the curb and off the team and trying to get him to overcome this, but sort of on a last straw type of, of plan. Um, and then apparently more information came out with, uh, you know, with another incident prior to that, and that was too much to overcome. Now, uh, so who's, whose call was it? You know, was it, was it all Pruitt after, you know, laying, laying out that, hey, you needed to be straight and narrow or, um, was it someone from above that said, no, this is unacceptable. You got to do something about this. So, uh, I think that's unclear at the moment. Now, as far as Jeremy Pruitt, I wasn't crazy about the kind of his tone with the, the officer. Um, you know, I thought they were watching it. I thought they were trying to help the kid out and they were very patient with him and took a lot verbally from him 
considering you know what uh, you know who he, who he is, and it just didn't. I, I I didn't think they gave him preferential treatment, but I think they were very patient with him. Um, and you know, I I just kind of thought that that the, and I'm guessing probably the you know the police community I don't know this for sure but I'm guessing they probably didn't care for that kind of portrayal of hey this is I've worked you know four places and this is the you know the silliest of the the situation that we've had and um and then kind of at the end uh, go do your civic duty and I just had a tone of you know thanks for for not helping my football player out maybe he didn't mean it that way I think it 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 came across that way so that you know that wasn't a great look, um, but you know there he ended up uh, after finding out more. I think doing what you know a lot of people want him to do in the first place, and that's remove Banks from the team. Um, it's just it's bizarre, but man, there's just there ended up being too much there for him to to keep him on, even though you don't want to just immediately kick a kid like that off. Because you knew going in that he was going to be some work, but um, you know, just very unfortunate. Not a, not a good look. Since when do people get arrested when they have warrants? That's just—I didn't know when did that start happening. Right, and it was explained multiple times. You know, I know he's groggy middle of the night. Right, it's you three know, o'clock in the morning. We get it. But right, he's got, yeah. a, got a warrant, Coach. I mean, hello. That's kind of how it works. Yep. Got a warrant. Yeah, and here's the other part. And you know how this works, Vince. When when you're winning at a high clip, uh, you know things like this tend to to come and go. But when you're not, it's, it's got to be handled differently, right? When you're under a lot of heat and pressure, and that's usually how it works. And I wasn't surprised at all because if they were undefeated and they're coming off a ten win season last year, my guess is we're not talking about any of this today. This is not even a story. But when you're not and things are not great, it's it it all has to be handled differently. That's just that's just my two cents. Well, so, I think um, I, I you know if if he had a warrant and the same scenario happens, you know, made an illegal U-turn or parking or I forget what, exactly what the reason was, but if he ends up getting getting to that point, he's going to get arrested regardless of what his record is. So that that's that part of it I don't I don't think necessarily changes. I think the the reaction to it and the criticism is what would have changed and maybe maybe Jeremy Pruitt if he's in a better spot isn't uh it doesn't talk the same way or doesn't react the same way or you know just takes a hey you handle it we'll deal with it because you know things are going well. I don't know. Uh but um you know, it, it's one of those things that gets, it happens, not a great look, you keep moving because it's about winning football games, but it gets stashed. And then when a case starts to be made against you, it, it ends up adding to the pylon. And you don't want to build too, you know, too deep of a log of those kind of things. And we saw it during Butch Jones, points of criticism, mad, we move on, but not forgotten. You know, kind of like in, I guess, in, in marriages to some extent, or relationships. You know, you don't forget things. You just bring them back up when it's time to make a case against you. And I, I think that that's where this falls. What about Jake Fromm going a little savage after the game down underneath? Did you see how he ended his little chat with the media? 
Have you no. seen that video? No, I did not. Have you guys, you seen it, Chase? I have not. Oh. Well, uh, I'll send it to you during the break. Going, going savage. Singing the... Like Sing. Randy Savage or no, not Randy Savage. Oh, okay. Going going Rocky Top, oh. heading into the locker room, oh. and we gave a little woo on the way in. Ooh, yeah, good Surprising old Rocky Top. Yeah, he did well, that on the look, way in. You win by twenty nine. I guess you can do that. His play is savage. I mean, that kid oh. is so good. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It really makes you. It it, it shows the separation between the quarterback play that teams that don't win don't get and the elite programs. I mean, it's he's kid special. All right. What did you make of the decision to go with a different quarterback, a different look under center? What did you make of it? You know, I thought going into the week, I, I, I had been saying that, hey, your best chance to win would be with Garantano because the other guys – hadn't shown that they were ready. We didn't know if they were ready. They didn't have any experience. But going into the open week and after seeing what we saw at Florida and that continuing to just go the wrong direction, I thought with the open week and because they needed to switch things up, see if they can get a new energy, give somebody else an opportunity, I thought it was the right decision. I, I said that last week a number of times that I thought it was time for them to give Brian Maurer an opportunity. You know, Maurer has separated from J.T. Shroud. I think his ability to uh, to escape, pass rush, and run the football some, uh, and sort of his energy and his, his moxie, I think, separated him from J.T. Shroud, who's a year older as a redshirt freshman. And obviously he got the playing time in the Florida game also. So I think over over the open week during those two weeks they they event they started out splitting the reps and eventually I think they went to they did go to a game plan for Maurer which was different. We admitted today that it was different than the game plan for a, a Jerry Garantano. I thought it was the right move and he especially in that first half was terrific. And he wasn't perfect. He missed on the first couple of throws, and then there was times where he was a little errant. But, man, he got rid of the football. He was decisive, and he showed he has arm talent, and he wasn't afraid of the moment. It wasn't too big for him. He he made some mistakes, for sure. Pruitt was talking about, you know, sometimes he was reading the wrong uh, you know, half of the field and things like that, which, of course, tells me, he had a limited uh, reads to it to where he didn't have full progressions. They gave him half field reads, and sometimes you would just go to the wrong side. So that tells me they sort of they made it a little bit easier for him. Now, I don't know that they've necessarily done that for Garantano. So does that mean that Garantano had to make make the most of? full progressions and all reads that they simplified things for him, but they did for Maurer. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that they ever got to the stage of simplifying things and taking some of the responsibility away from Garantano like they did for Maurer. But Maurer was really good. He made it, you know, he, after receivers weren't open in the second half, he was holding on to the ball a little bit longer, but the ball came out of his hands quick. He was decisive and poised and didn't stare down receivers. I, I thought I thought he clearly impacted his teammates, and that's something that unfortunately Jerry Garantano has not done. He's been more reactionary as opposed to Maurer 
kind of trying to take control of that team. Uh, I think he gave him great juice. Uh, so I, I definitely think it was the right decision. All right, Max, turn this up. I want to see if you can hear this. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna attempt to play this, Vince. So well, I think I think Max may have it. You got it. Okay, maybe Max has it. This will be better. So this is right as he's done. Okay, here we go. That was Jake Fromm <laughs> answering the last question, and then walking into. He said, "Thanks, guys," and then walking into the locker room. Wow. Yeah. How about that savage move, huh? Yeah, I mean, you're you're Georgia. Do you really, you know, do you really get great uh, joy out of? You know, pouncing on Tennessee. Maybe you know. Look, I get it. Wins are hard to come by. Come by. You're a college student. They're all fun. And I guess he was just having some fun. I, I, you know, it's. It, uh, I'm surprised he did it, but it's not the end of the world. Doesn't bother me one bit. I don't care. Yeah, doesn't bother me at all. You well, won. They won the game. Well, that's great. You're not a Tennessee fan, so no, you I'm don't, not. You but don't buy season tickets, so but it shouldn't bother anybody. You you, you lost by 29. So, okay, just deal with it. All right, we will come back. Just deal with it, as Chase says. <laughs> just deal with it. Look, this they're say, they're saying we've dealt with a lot. Yeah, I was already. just saying. Right, we're like that, like that's a real comfort after the last decade. Just deal with it. Oh, oh, okay. Now that you put it that away, one and four. All right, we'll come back more with Vince Ferrara, the sports animal, on the other side. Darren Donick and Chase, ESPN one hundred two five. The game. We're back. Darren Donick and Chase, ESPN 1025 The Game. Darren McFarland, that's him. Chase McCabe, that's me. Talking with Vince Ferrara, WNML in Knoxville, the sports animal, as the Vols coming off the, the big loss to Georgia. But I do want to start, Vince, with... Um, Is this in lieu of their next game, Max? Yeah, Mississippi Queen. That's Look good. You. That's Look good. You. That's good stuff back there. Starkville coming to town. We will talk about Mississippi State in just a few minutes. But I look at the start of this game, and and I'm not trying to believe in moral victories and and things like that. But at least because Mike Tomlin doesn't believe in them. He does not. He does not believe in moral victories. But for a quarter and a half, it's like, okay, hey, they they were fired up. You had a new quarterback. They've had the lead. I mean, is there anything that you took away from that that are like, okay, hey, that's what we need to see. Well, the fact that it was better than anything we had seen the first four games, then yes, I don't think you can just fully gloss over that. They showed life. That, right. <laughs> and, and look, the way I summarize that game is it was better, but they were mismatched by an elite team. And the difference in that than what we had seen or the expectations going in is the better part. Because – them being better was better than what a lot of us expected or had seen before. So that's not nothing, and that's against a good team. It doesn't guarantee anything moving forward, but it's still it's a sign of life. It's a sign, especially for the fans, that now with a new quarterback that they can, they can do some things. It also makes them a little mad. We've already heard well, we would have been three, at least three and one with Maurer at quarterback because of the Georgia State and BYU close losses. So there's that anger part of it, but at least they 
feel like for for a lot of fans that they can move forward now with a new quarterback, build off of this, and be optimistic and have something to sink their teeth into. Whereas after that Florida game, what did you have to sink your teeth into in terms of buying into this team with any kind of realism more than just uh, fandom? You didn't. There, there was right. nothing. So now that they've made that move at quarterback, even though – uh, Pruitt hasn't committed to it fully yet. I guess we'll talk about that. But I, I think it, there it is significant. It can't just be glossed over that they made plays against an elite team. Elite team made adjustments. Tennessee has been terrible in second halves of games. You know, depth, talent, all those kind of things is where you're you're going to lose second halves, and that's the the reality of where they're at. But it still was better than anything they had put out there the first four weeks and. It starts with the quarterback. So why isn't he making a, a long-term commitment? I mean, listen, Garantano has been here. I get all that, and I understand there's a little bit of loyalty. But if Ma- if Mara is the guy, and he and you think that your team's going to play better, then why is he not making that commitment? Well, I think it's always really delicate with quarterbacks, right? I mean, we've quarterbacks are willing to pick up and leave at any point. Um, and, and I'm not saying that Jarrett would, but it's always something that you have to manage those personalities. Um, so that is, is one factor. Two, Brian Maurer's a true freshman. I don't know that Pruitt wants to take the edge off of him as a competitor and just give him that gig as a true freshman, and you don't know how he's going to handle that. Now, fans will be – they will absolutely – lose it if he's not the quarterback on Saturday uh, but I, I, th- I still think he wants to continue to keep him on edge, keep him working, trying to get better and not just hand it to him. Now I'll, I'll give Pruitt credit he, he said he'd have to have a bad week of practice not to be right. He said we'll see how it goes. So he's basically telling Brian Maurer, as long as you don't act like you're the big man on campus and you've arrived this week, you're going to get to start. But I'm not really ready to do that. Remember last year, he really didn't commit to Garantano for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> His starting quarterback, he wanted to keep the, the week-to-week practice competition. So I think that's all he's doing there. What's up with the run game? It still, still continues to be an issue, and they have talent. I mean, we've seen flashes, but... I mean, it's just not enough right now, especially when you have a true freshman quarterback or you have a struggling quarterback in Garantano. I just feel like they got to get more out of them. Well, here's here's something that's eye-opening to your question, Chase. I'm just looking and comparing the team stats of Mississippi State and Tennessee. Mississippi State's part-time quarterback, Garrett Schrader, has eight less yards rushing than Tennessee's leading rusher, Ty Chandler. Whew. And he, he doesn't even play all the time. He splits time at quarterback, yet he has more yards and more yards per game and more uh, yards per average, 6.8 to Chandler's 5.4. He has just as many rushing touchdowns as Chandler and averages 78 yards per game versus Chandler's 64. 
I, I don't know. Um, I think they were in a groove in the passing game, so I think they went to that a little bit more. Pruitt mentioned that there were times where there were run opportunities that Maurer should have run and threw the ball in some RPO situations. That's maybe Maurer just feeling good. And look, you know, a lot of those worked out in the first half, but there could have been more runs. And then the big thing is, as a second half, when you're behind, then you got to throw more. And that, that takes away opportunities. But they just are not good enough yet. They've gotten better on the offensive line, pass blocking, and but still, it's it's not there yet. And I, they're part of the problem too against that opponent is they're better running outside than they are between the tackles. And against a team like a Georgia or a Florida with an elite defense, it's hard to get on the perimeter against them. So I think they kind of knew that, so didn't you know? Times maybe didn't even bother. What did you make of? Uh, I know it was brought up in his press conference that there were a couple of players that got into it on the sideline. He said he didn't see it, but that he he got told about it, was fired up. He likes that there was some passion around there. That there were guys getting after each other. What what was your takeaway of that? Yeah, I that's kind of the what I expected him to say, and I bet there's plenty of fans. In fact, I heard from someone. I was well, headed down to to the field after. Uh, you know, towards the end of the game in the fourth quarter that said, good, we need more of that. And that was basically proven. And that goes back to kind of the, the way I view this team. And one of my concerns still moving forward is that I, I don't know that they have enough guys that take losing as unacceptable and are absolutely peed off about it. And that you just don't – I think some of these guys, we talked to some of them in the post game. I think they're almost, there's a little bit of a numbness to it. I think some of those looked at it as, hey, we played good against a, you know, a top team. We'll, we'll keep working and get better. And they weren't mad about it. And, and to Pruitt's credit, at least he said, look, I don't think we should get, we should get any sort of – we should get patted on the back just for playing hard. That's not – the standard here. So I give him credit for saying that because there, there are, there's a portion of the fan base that feels that way. They're not taking anything positive out of this Georgia game. They don't want to hear it. They want to win games. Tennessee now has lost what, 22 straight against top five teams. There's some that just are not. There's, you lost the game, period. Time to beat someone you're not supposed to and show that you're, you're turning the corner. Um, so I, I, I think that's, that is, that's a credit for Pruitt to throwing that out there, but I don't think there's enough of those guys to where it, it's devastating to them. It's almost a little bit of a concern for me for Henry T, who I love, Toto. I don't think he had his best game, but he is such a nice kid. I just think he loves playing football. I just would hope that they can turn things around before this kid loses too much, and then it's not something that he's going to – be mad about and and just try to impact his his teammates. There's not enough guys that take it as unacceptable. Uh, it appears with that team, and that's I think a little bit of what Pruitt's alluding to there. What did you make of Phil Former's comments on vol calls last week about his uh, him possibly being on the sidelines? Yeah, I think I think it was right for him to address it because the, the, that rumors those rumors have been out there a lot, and as the more the losses mount, the more there's that talk. Now, 
it doesn't it doesn't in the end guarantee anything or mean anything change day to day much less week to week so there it doesn't i didn't i think it was good for him to address but it doesn't mean that that couldn't change and there's the whole hey kiss of death that you're uh you know you're giving your your support to to a coach i don't I don't know that I viewed it necessarily that way. He's tied to him. It's not like right, he hired yeah, he's in what do you right. want him to say? So yeah, he, he's of course he wants him to succeed. So if he's if he was a new AD and didn't hire Pruitt and he gave him a vote of confidence and you know he has natural ties to other coaches things like that then I would uh, you know I would look at it differently, but he he wants him to turn this thing around. Uh, so I, I was I was fine with that. I thought it was right, but again, it's nothing absolute in those comments. If we were to end with this, what do you think the percentages are that Jeremy Pruitt is back on the sidelines for a year three? What would you put that percentage at today? If I ask you that, I'd still say pretty high. I'm not going to say a hundred percent or ninety nine or anything like that. I still think it's very high. Look, if they don't win another game this year, that that's a different situation. You know, even if they win one more game, I think that could potentially be in play. Who knows what other off the field issues or mess pops up? Uh, you have to factor recruiting too. That's another issue that they have is if they don't win more games. They're not going to get the recruits they need to help turn this thing around. Now you're trying, you're bringing in Pruitt players, but they're not the Pruitt players that he most wants, and then it slows the – he's not going to see it out. So uh, – and they already have to make ground to make up now. So they got to find a way to win games. I think if they can if they can um, win some games, I think they'll, it'll be enough. It'd have to be a total disaster. I mean, one or two wins, I think, for them to make a change. So it, with that being said, I, I'd, I'd say probably 85%, something like that, that okay. he's, he's back. Wow. All right. Well, probably won't be the last time I ask you that. We'll see if that changes. <laughs> see if it changes <laughs> in about three weeks. Fluid situation, as we yeah, they, yeah, definitely. Look, if fluid. they if they win this weekend, that could definitely change some things. Because absolutely, they got to be somebody worth worthwhile and and win in conference because they're two and guys two and seventeen in their last nineteen SEC games. That is not good, Vince. Thanks for the visit. As always, you have a great week. All right. Enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. You Thanks, too. Vinny. Vince Ferrara, WNML, the sports animal there in Knoxville, at Vince Sports on Twitter. Give him a follow. Good stuff, as always. He joins us every Monday at high noon. This is what I know coming up in about 10 minutes. I have a really good prize to give away. Tron Davenport in studio with us in the final hour. More of Darren, Donnie, and Chase next.